Welcome to another episode of Corporate Adventure Capital. This is Andrew Matuzak. I am a corporate development and corporate venture capital professional exploring how non-traditional VC investors can use investments to accelerate innovation, build quality acquisition pipelines, and inform their growth initiatives. I hope you enjoy this episode, and as always, please leave me a comment or send me a message on either Twitter or LinkedIn. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the subject, and please send me your ideas for topics to cover in the future. Thank you very much, and enjoy. In today's podcast, I'm going to lay out my argument for why I believe that we're going to see Web3 startups be particularly resistant and resilient to the general funding downturn that we're seeing in the market. As of the time of this podcast, we've seen the public markets begin to pull back with valuations and share prices coming back down from recent highs, especially for those technology-based companies. And that's had a spillover effect into the later stage growth companies. We're likely to see this continue with emerging and early stage companies as well. My argument is that we're likely going to see less funding pullback for those Web3 or crypto-based companies as compared to the broader industry. So my prediction is that we're likely gonna see the volume, the size, and the valuation for VC-backed deals in most markets, slowing, shrinking, and regressing back down to more historic levels, even if those historic levels are relatively elevated as compared to the long-term trends. But I'm talking about going back to 2020 or 2019 levels. But I think we're going to continue to see valuations for any startups that are associated with or branded with Web3 credentials buck that trend. And in my opinion, the key difference here is just the sheer amount of capital that has been allocated to recently raised mega funds. These enormous funds that are dedicated to deploying capital against this market. So take, for example, A16Z's new four and a half billion with a B billion Web3 fund, of which they've allocated one third to emerging and early stage startups. Again, just in the crypto and Web3 space. Now, the name of the fund is Crypto Fund 4. And so, yes, there are three previous funds, and the most recent previous fund, Crypto Fund 3 exists and is also enormous at 2.2 billion. So you've got the fourth fund at four and a half billion and the third fund at 2.2 billion. And as of the time of this podcast, fund three still has over $2 billion in dry powder and fund four has nearly 4 billion. This is 6 billion just from just from A16Z's uh, portfolio that still needs to be deployed. And it's not as though they're the only mega fund out there. You've got Paradigms, one fund, uh, I believe has a little over, or is about 2.3 billion in dry powder. And there's many others that are 
what you could call crypto native venture firms just sitting on billions of dollars of capital waiting to be waiting to be deployed and it all needs to be deployed so and and the thing is that since most of the companies that are going to be branded as web3 or crypto they're going to be in the emerging or seed or early stage you know series a and b so most of these are going to be raising smaller rounds um, at least as compared to later stage growth startups so that means that all these mega funds are going to need to invest in a lot of companies right to put that amount of capital to work and these huge sums of capital being deployed across a small number uh, or across a, a large number of smaller rounds is going to provide this artificial buffer or cushion where all these companies are going to be able to access capital even in the face of a downturn so the bottom line is basically there's just too much money that's already been raised and sitting on the sidelines needs to be deployed. And now it's going to have to be deployed against this small universe of startups. My, my suspicion is we're going to see the real large funds. So the Crypto Fund 3 and 4, Paradigm, uh, Electric Capital, uh, and a few others probably dislodge most of those traditional funds that are in this space. So disproportionately funding most of the crypto startups. And if you look at it against the broader economic backdrop of uncertainty, it seems as though potentially you could take the perspective that this is going to have to be a shotgun approach as opposed to a very precise uh, placement of capital. And I, I wouldn't be surprised just given, again, you've got a lot of capital to be deployed against a number of smaller firms that this could have the result of these mega funds having a uh, investment to exit ratio that's inconsistent and lower than what these funds have seen and these firms have seen in the past. But again, it may not matter because it's a numbers game at a huge scale, unprecedented amounts of capital being deployed. Not very many players can play at this game at this level. And so being able to invest in nearly all the crypto startups is probably going to work out, you know, if you believe in the crypto space, it's probably going to work out for these big firms. But what it does mean is that that money is going to get spread out across probably almost all of those crypto startups looking for capital. Now, for corporate venture capital programs, and that's what this podcast is all about, we tend to be market takers and not market makers. There's clearly exceptions, but by and large, corporate venture capital programs like to follow the more traditional VCs. And oftentimes this entails a, an approach or a strategy of looking for those big firms to have invested in these startups and providing, for a lack of a better term, a good housekeeping seal of approval. If this is true, if my hypothesis is true, we're probably going to see less weight being placed on whether these Web3 companies or crypto startups have been able to receive capital from these big firms because, as I just mentioned, almost all startups in this space are going to have to get some capital in order to put that much money to work. So the punchline is, is I think what we're going to see here is a decoupling of the Web3 crypto metaverse startups from most other investment sectors and markets. You're going to see higher valuation, 
higher rounds, higher deal volume, and it's all going to give an impression that this space is resistant to the economic reality that almost everybody else is facing. But again, because it's so much capital being deployed, it's probably a facade. And if that sector and that market is propped up by the mega funds that are being forced to deploy this capital, there's a real risk, especially if you're a CVC and you're following those big funds, that there's probably a number of startups that may not necessarily warrant that capital. It's just simply that they exist and the capital needs to be deployed. And there's also probably going to be a reversal at some point when the mega funds, if the mega funds do deploy their capital and the general economic environment hasn't improved, you could see a very quick catch up to reality where the non-mega funds are not going to step up and take their place. So in my opinion, I think these next few quarters are going to be a a great opportunity for most, um, including corporate venture capital programs, to invest in some of the other themes and the other markets that are out there, being able to take advantage of a regression on valuation, as well as just the natural fact that that most are aware of that these downturns tend to be the time when the stronger startups are able to get uh, get a foothold and begin to grow. It's a great time uh, to be finding quality companies, and those quality companies will still be able to access the markets. And yes, there might be down rounds, there might be not as much capital raised, but the quality will find money. But again, a, an opportunity for corporate venture capital to potentially move away from the hotter market that is just simply swamped with capital and follow uh, maybe the smaller firms and funds that are still looking at those other sectors, but potentially being a little bit more selective about where they're placing their capital. So just a great time for corporate venture capital. But I'd love to hear what you'd have to say. Love to hear your thoughts. I know there's lots of people out there that are absolutely committed to the crypto space and Web3. And this podcast should not be taken as a uh, an indictment against those firms whatsoever. This is just simply my hypothesis about the uh, resiliency of this sector, propped up in in my opinion by large uh, in large part by the significant capital that needs to be deployed over the next few years. Again, thank you, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on the subject. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I certainly appreciate you listening. Uh, certainly encourage you to uh, to comment, leave your comments here, subscribe, send me a message either through LinkedIn or through Twitter. Let me know uh, what you thought of this episode and let me know what you'd like to hear about in the future. Ideas, topics, other things that you think you'd find interesting that relate to the world of corporate adventure capital. Thank you very much. Until next time.